Talk Radio. It's Betsy Bell, and it's time for How Can This Happen at the Double B Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're on a roll, so let's get to it. The person that thinks on his own is in short supply today. He thinks for himself. We find it impossible to be independent. Why? We are such needy humans. We cannot stand alone. We need the support of others to prove our worthiness. We need to ensure ourselves that we are right. And we can't do that alone. What we need to do is to use our sense of smell. Give it the old-fashioned smell test. It is always about you, your sense of smell, and your sense of taste. Here is a story, rather dumb and very naive, but it makes my point. A friend and I went to dinner, and it was a really nice restaurant at a new casino in Las Vegas called the Durango. I do go out once in a while, but by the way, in a long while. Oh my God, I'm stuck in front of my microphone most of the time. But I let it all hang out on Saturday night. This was a very cool restaurant inside a food court. Wow, I never have had a fine dining experience in a food court. Have you? But that's what this was. And more. Okay, well, my friend ordered a glass of red wine. She said that it had a funny aftertaste. Not really what you want when you're imbibing. She said, would you taste it? Sure, I'm an educated wine connoisseur. (laughs) Amateur at the wine snob table. But I stopped drinking two years ago. I noticed that this glass had a beautiful bouquet. It was excellent, and I told her that. I tasted it, and it had a distinct aftertaste that it should not have. We told our waiter, and he was super gracious. He said, if you don't like it, I'll serve you something else. And we said, yeah, that would be great. But... The main thing was he was willing to work with us. I tried that and said, wow, this one is really nice. What was the lesson here? We all know what we like and what we don't like. We know that if it's right for us, it may be right for somebody else, but it doesn't have to be. Wine is about individual taste. We stand alone in our acceptance, but that doesn't mean we need to accept the lesser of the two. We need to get what we pay for and to ask for it if we don't think that what was offered was acceptable. How does that apply to everyday life? We are accepting the unacceptable. We are accepting what is downright unpalatable. Why? What's in it for us? Or, how about my favorite expression, whiff'em, what's in it for me? 
Today, I'm showing you what's in it for those in power. What's in it for you, my friend, is ruin and a third world country. Why are we accepting out-of-control crime? Why are we accepting out-of-control migration? Illegals running over the border. I will tie the two together for you. My friend said to me on the way home, I'm so glad you tasted my wine because I thought I was crazy. I thought it was just me, but you confirmed for me that I was right. That wine wasn't good. I agreed with her because I didn't think it was good either. Would she have told the waiter that she didn't like it and wanted something else if I hadn't confirmed her assessment? She said probably not. True. I said wine appreciation is about your unique taste, but some things just stand out. And that taste stood out loud and clear. If you don't like the taste in your mouth, will you spit it out or consume it? It's time, America. We need to stand up and spit it out. It doesn't get more tasteful with age. As a matter of fact, it's decaying on our tongues. Get up and get on it. Let's take a look at illegal immigration in America today. Easy to say it's out of control, not the point. The answer is why. How can this happen? U.S. Customs and Border Protection said that the Border Patrol agents arrested more than a dozen migrants after they had committed crimes. Background checks on them showed Sex offenders, child predators, and drug traffickers were among those arrested. Why? They're coming in saying they want asylum. What is going on? The number of illegal immigrants in this country has roughly doubled under President Biden. The United States had some 10.2 million illegal immigrants in 2020, and another 10 million have entered during Biden's presidency. If the 20 million illegal immigrants were all in one state, it would be tied with New York for the fourth most populated state. And here's even worse news. If Biden wins a second term in office and there is no serious reform of U.S. immigration and asylum laws, both of which are very real possibilities. Doesn't that just give you the warm and fuzzies? If we examine the solution that the press gives us, nothing will change. Did you hear me when I said if Biden wins and there is no serious reform of U.S. immigration and asylum laws? Full stop. This is not the solution. We are not paying attention. We are at a tipping point. I've got to go and wash my mouth out with soap. I was about to unveil massive amounts of bad language. Calm down, Mad Dog Red. We haven't yet begun to fight. I'll be right back. After I separate my tongue from the thread of knowledge in my head, 
Now, if you don't think this is worth it, I'm a betting woman. I'll take that bet. It's well worth it. Stay there with me. Thank you. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Okay, this is Betsy Bell back at the Double B Studios. Oh, my God, I had such an experience. I decided to travel by tunnel. Oh, whoa. That wasn't good for my voice because it sounded like I was in a tunnel. I am sorry. My favorite, how can this happen, listeners? I decided to travel underground. Elon Musk created an underground system for the Las Vegas Convention Center. Oh, my. And it's by electric car. It goes underneath the streets of Las Vegas from one part of the convention center to another. It is a magnificent little creation. So that's why I sounded like I was in a tunnel. But we're back. We're on top of the world. Just in time to give you the rest of the information that's very important for you to remember. There is legal and illegal immigration. We do have legal immigration laws, such as we allowed 285,000 non-citizens to obtain lawful permanent resident status in the second quarter of fiscal 2023. Nearly 123,000 non-citizens were issued immigrant visas by the Department of State, and those new arrivals were a 25% increase from fiscal year 2022. Why does this matter? This matters because all of these laws about legal, illegal, schmiegel, deagle are getting us all into an uproar because nobody's following any of these laws. Now, we know that if somebody overstays their visa because they're here working in the United States, that is against the the law. So, some of these people don't return to their native country. And I know you've heard about that. But the laws that we have in regard to legal and illegal immigration are not being enforced. We are not following the laws that are already available. So, let me ask you this. If lawmakers are not following the laws that they created, is that a crime? Are they considered criminals? (laughs) Sorry, that's really a wild one, isn't it? Local governments have continued to shoulder most of the responsibility as imminent immigration reform remains unlikely. In the federal government, if they do not want to apply to change the immigration laws, all they have to do is apply the laws that already stand. What a concept. So what about us? We're in charge of immigration as individuals. The reason I'm saying that is because you are in charge of immigration in 
each of your own cities. I'm crazy, but listen to me carefully. Why in the world would cities say that they are sanctuary cities? Because they think their citizens want them to be. This is all about what they think you want, but nobody is telling them they're wrong. All this wokeness is biting everyone, especially legal citizens. And we as legal citizens are doing nothing to prove them wrong. Mayor Eric Adams of New York sued the bus companies for sending illegals to his city. The mayor sued the wrong party, quote-unquote, said Governor Abbott of Texas. If the mayor is really trying to cut down on the number of illegal immigrants coming into New York, he needs to be suing Joe Biden, not the bus companies, because it's Joe Biden's policies that are causing massive multi-million influx into the United States that leads to many of them deciding to go to New York. Here's my question. Why are the cities that are overrun not overturning their sanctuary status? Why aren't they reversing their sanctuary policy? Period. Why aren't they saying that's it? We're no longer a sanctuary city. If they became a sanctuary city, why can't they unbecome one? We are no longer here for your tired, your pitiful, your poor, your criminals, your jailbait, and your fentanyl. We have closed our sanctuary doors. Is that the chicken and the egg? Who gets fed first? Will they miss out on federal money? What if the feds said, if you are a sanctuary city, we won't give you any money? Who's on first? I say the citizens. How much longer are you going to say, I'm not participating, let the governing body sort it out? How well is that working out for us? What matters most? The coffers of the cities that are emptying out to benefit foreign bodies, foreign individuals, criminals and all, from 150 countries around the world, or the citizens who are living through this anguish. The anguish is on all fronts. The cost of living, the availability of services, schools that are being made into illegal homeless camps, crime rampant in all corners of the city. Let's just take a look at that. Crime in connection with illegal overrunning cities. Okay, what about crime? After officials confirmed that a man accused of killing a nursing student entered the U.S. illegally, many are criticizing Athens, Georgia, for being a sanctuary city. Finally, somebody's getting it. Last week, police arrested 26-year-old Jose Ibarra of Venezuela in connection to the murder of a 22-year-old Lakin Riley, who was attacked while running on UGA's intramural fields. For those of us in Athens, that's University of Georgia. On Sunday, Immigration Customs Enforcement sent 
the following statement confirming that Ibarra entered the country illegally. This is what they said. A sanctuary city or jurisdiction that limits its cooperation with federal immigration enforcement efforts to protect low-priority immigrants from deportation. So what am I trying to tell you? Once you're a sanctuary city, anybody who's illegal in your city is low priority. And you, my friends, are protecting them from deportation. So let them commit all the crimes they want. Wow, this stuff is just the point I am making. What is a low priority? The safety of your citizens? Shouldn't that be high priority? When I come back, I do have a bit of hope for you today. So don't leave yet. We are still the force to be reckoned with. We know who we can look to to get this help. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Thank you for coming back. This is Betsy Bell at the Double B Studios in Las Vegas with some final words and some final thoughts. We can do this. I have probably totally depressed you today, but the bad news is it's not my fault. Where have you heard that from? It's not my fault if you don't have the answers to your problems. I know, because I don't. I need help. We're going to get the help we need. First, we have a piece of unfinished business to attend to. I brought this situation to your attention regarding the state of Nevada last week. The Secretary of State, Cisco Aguilar, had a glitch in the voting system for the primary election in Nevada on February 6th. It's been 48 hours hours since the problem was brought to the public's attention. Cisco told us he would have it fixed in 48 hours. I like the way that sounds, but it kind of sounds like a crime show to me. According to a memo, we learned there was a technical issue that resulted in inaccurate information on the website and that it was a miscommunication in code. The voter registration and elections management systems are kept separate. This is what the deputies said in a memo. That is so that at no point in time are election results or personal information affected. Oh, whoa, that's a relief. That's a relief. The state voter database was hard-coded to interpret certain voter history code in one way before and after February 16th, the 10th day after the primary, when the canvassing of the votes is is due. Some of the ballots were marked MB, which meant mail ballot, but also meant counted. Why, if it's mailed, would it automatically say that it's counted? This article in the local newspaper was so full of 
gotcha speak. I'm appalled. No, I really shouldn't be. What kind of stuff do these people in authority shove down your throats on a daily basis? I was quoting from the paper. I don't know what I just told you. I don't understand code. It would be nice if we were treated to English. Oh, I forgot. That's no longer the main language of the United States anymore. You think that a mail ballot should be marked counted before it's been counted? Because that is what I understood it to say. (coughs) If it's mailed, it's counted. But then it turns out that it's the county's fault, not the Secretary of State. Because if the counties don't know the code, then the miscommunication creates the missed ballot designation. Oh, My gosh, does anyone in the government know what their job is? Are we so dumb that we can't figure out whether someone voted or not? I have an idea. If you have a paper ballot filled out, put it in a box, count them, would this be happening? I bet they'd be counted that day, too. The point here is we're all responsible to each other. We all make mistakes, but I call party foul. This doesn't sound like a mistake. If Cisco had an ounce of personal integrity, we wouldn't have this kind of explanation. It would have been much easier to understand. I think that is why we have trouble solving problems. Double speak. And when they give up trying to get the answer, then we'll just pretend we're all good. You're home free because they don't care anymore. They've been given so much doublespeak, they don't know what anything means. I know, it's cynical. I know something else. Until someone hits us in the face, we don't respond. As long as people today have what they want and have all their stuff, they have whatever it is they wanted, nothing will change. Who are they? Apparently, half of all the people in the United States, they don't care if Biden's running the show. They don't care if our border is wide open. They don't care if everyone arrested is let out of jail. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. If it doesn't affect me, I don't care. Maybe we should all think about this. By the time it affects us, what is the country gonna look like? Now that's a thought then we really won't be able to do anything about it. Yikes! It only takes one to say, I want a petition that we are no longer going to be a sanctuary city. Everybody sign it. That's all. And that one could be the boy who put his finger in the dike. It only takes one. I know it's there in our heart. I know we have it in our minds. Let's not leave this circuit. (laughs) No wonder I'm so freaked out. Let's not leave this circus and the monkeys to run around the world anymore. Let's put them in their place. God is there for you. We can do anything, my special audience. Think about it. I'll be back. And remember, don't think like Joe Biden. He's still thinking, should I close the border? Should I open the border? 
grab a daisy and pull out all the petals till you get your answer. We are better. I know we are. Let's get moving. I'll be back soon. And God bless you.